Welcome to the Being Brown and Bold podcast. I'm your host, Jess Thomas. We are excited about launching our podcast and inviting you into some interesting conversations about stepping out of our comfort zone and taking chances. So I'd like to introduce to you our guest today, which I'm really excited about. We are going to be talking to Anjali from Be Extravagant. If you are on any social media, you would have seen her work because she has got like such interesting, amazing videos out there. She's a full-time content creator with close to a million followers across social media. She has a successful online cooking class focused on teaching people Indian and vegan cooking. She is also a freelance content creator specializing in short format videos. So you can find her on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And uh, she loves sharing food and her culture with personal stories. She says, people love to call me Dr. Butterfingers because I'm a clumsy girl because, oh yes, she is also a doctor. Anjali, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. As a fellow Malayali, it is even more exciting for me. It's so amazing how people are drawn to you and to your videos. You come across as so genuine and people love both you and your recipes. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm so honored. This is so nice of you to have invited me and to make me your guinea pig. <laughs> I'm yes. honored. I, and you know what? That's one of the cool things that drew me to you is like I, you want you show your bloopers and like she's a real person like me because we're all making mistakes and dropping things and tripping and it's awesome to find a sister just like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, the queen of the the clumsy club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At uh, the podcast, we think names and pronunciations of our name are important. Uh, Can you tell us exactly how to say your name? So uh, my name is Anjali and it's Anjali. It's not Anjali. It's not Anjali. It's not some some people call me Anjali. Um, I mean, it's fine. I don't I, I don't get offended or anything like that, but it's nice to hear Anjali from time to time. I, and I appreciate too when people like make an effort. I think it's the making the effort that means exactly. more to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. What does it mean to be you? Maybe you can share a little about your cultural heritage and maybe how that informs your life and your work. Uh, what does it mean to be me? That's a question that I've been asking from my childhood. And I feel like we keep trying to figure that out. No matter how old we are, we just keep changing, right? So I don't think there's a fixed me. Uh, but what I am, uh, what I have been until now was just, uh, I feel, a regular Indian girl uh, who tried to like fit into the box that society tried to put her in. Uh, and then finally she realized that that is not what she wants. <laughs> and I, and yeah, she roughly, why am I talking about myself in third person? Uh, so I, <laughs> uh, I have lived in India uh, pretty much all my life until now until I was 22 uh, when I tra- went to Europe in Vienna for a master thesis and then I came back to India and applied for a PhD um, I, well, I sort of program but a PhD position at a lab in France and then I came to France and I've been living in France for three years uh, and um, and what I mean so I'm like Indian through and through from the south of India Kerala 
and now I'm a full-time full-time content creator uh I don't know how I made that jump but do you want me to like <laughs> make a connection between India and full-time content creator uh you can and uh, like one of the things that you're known for is your vegan cooking and maybe you can talk more about that like have you always been vegan is that something you grew into so I uh have not been always vegan I used to be um quite like the opposite of being vegan um used to eat meat and all of that uh as a child uh growing up and I think I was in university uh, in India and one of my friends asked me so I, I used to always like try to save animals because in India that's a lot of in general like on the streets you have a lot of street street dogs animals like stray animals um uh, and people mistreat them a lot. So it used to really hurt me to see that. And so I used to be really concerned about that. And I used to try, try to save these stray animals, like get them adopted or like send them off like you know, these dog shelters and everything. And then one of my friends once asked me like, hey, you call yourself an animal lover, right? And I said, yes. Uh, back when I was, I think, 20 or something like that. And, uh, and I said, and he said, then how would you justify yourself like consuming animal products? And it was... It was a thing. I mean, I became extremely defensive. I I said all those things that people in my comment section section say right now, like meat is this. It does not the same thing. Those animals they are treated dif- They are different. They're not like dogs. I don't know. Like I tried to justify it as much as I could at that point. Like I tried to argue, and I went back home. And I did my own research, and when I did my research, I realized, oh shit, I was completely wrong. These animals are com- really badly mistreated. They they are as intelligent as dogs or maybe even more uh and and they have feelings they they're they're they some of these animals sometimes don't even see daylight all their lives they're kept in these tiny cages um artificial insemination overbreeding all these kind of things unhealthy environment and it just it hurt me so much i cried i remember and then i made i i went cold turkey i went vegan and the problem was at that time that i knew nothing and you zilch about cooking like zero and so I was in university I was you know like living in sort of like these dorms and so I I didn't know how to cook so I just bought like a bunch of junk every day because now I couldn't rely on the food that you normally find everywhere that your friends are eating what happened (laughs) good it's good okay uh and then um where was I oh yeah and then so I would just survive on basically oreos and like cola and like chips and like instant rum and these kind of things and that that took a toll on my health like very soon like you can imagine I was a pretty active you know university student and I started losing my hair and I just completely my health deteriorated because I was not eating good food at all I was just eating junk so I mean so if people think that going vegan is I mean for it's just is healthy even just just from the fact that you're vegan that's not true you have to eat the right foods of course anyway so I had to stop being vegan my mom intervened and she was like no this is absolute nonsense what are you doing to yourself look at your health it's completely I was really completely against it because I couldn't imagine myself going stopping to be vegan but I had to for my health because I had no other education of nutrition anyway um well after that I stopped and like for a few years I I just started to learn cooking. I got interested in cooking. Also, I, when I started living alone by myself in apartments and everything, once I finished university, uh, I had to cook in the kitchen. So I got interested in cooking. And then I learned about cooking. I got into fitness and health. I learned about nutrition. And then 
finally, uh, I think during the pandemic, like just the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I think two years ago, maybe, can't even remember how long has it been. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, okay, then two years ago, I was watching this movie called Okja, and it's a beautiful movie, by the way, you should watch it. Um, it talks about animal uh, agriculture and industry, uh, the way they treat animals. I mean, that's the basic idea. Anyway, I watched it and I cried again and I said I need to go back to being vegan again. And this time I started social media and that really helped me. Uh, and since then I've been vegan and, I, and I've been eating amazing foods, delicious foods. I don't feel like I will ever go back. Uh, I, I have absolutely no deficiencies. In fact, I feel healthier now just because of the fact that, you know, I, I just cook better food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you cook delicious food, but I think what I like is that everything you make is healthy by default almost. Like you're not trying to be- I'm not trying. Yeah, you're trying to be delicious and it just yeah. so happens to be healthy. Exactly, yeah. And which, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't really think that I need to like try actively to be healthy when you're just eating naturally the, the foods that you want to. And you don't restrict yourself. You just, in general, tend to eat, I don't know, good enough. Mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah. Or, yeah. Maybe it's just Indian food and vegan food. I don't know. I think healthy also is kind of subjective in that, like, mm -hmm. um, you know about nightshades, the nightshade vegetables, um, it's eggplant, bell pepper, all kinds right. of peppers, potatoes. Right. So some, some people have like an allergy or an aversion to that. And people in my family do. So when I'm doing food and like, oh, I can't put tomatoes in here. I can't put bell peppers. So, so yeah, those would be unhealthy for them. Oh, okay. Well, I will yeah. ask you more about this later. That's... Yeah. Look it up. Nightshade. So somebody had told me this like a few years ago that they had an issue. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I looked at them like, and then I noticed similarities in my family. Like when they ate certain things that they would, that were healthy, like in salads, and then they'd feel sick. I'm like, I don't understand. And then oh. when I started eliminating and then they felt better, I'm like, it's true then. <laughs> oh, is it about flatulence? Is it, is it because no, of- No, it's like okay. um, they can't sleep at night oh. and um, there's other side effects, but we can talk about that later. Okay. But anyway, okay. my whole point anyway. is like, <laughs> you know, what one person calls healthy may not be healthy. You know, some people right. say keto is healthy, paleo is healthy. Right. Like, so exactly. I think it's- Eat what you want what to you eat best. that works yeah. for mm -hmm. you, right? Right, right. My next question is about going from being like an adventurous, normal, expected life to taking chances and risks because you did not always have this food nutrition path in your life. So tell us a little about that. Um, okay. So uh, I think uh, growing up in India, uh, I always felt like women had to like act a certain way, be a certain way. And I always, I was always told to be a certain way. I was not, I was told not to be super opinionated. I was told not to, uh, I, I was told to like study science. I mean, it's not that I was told to, or like forced to, I mean, I, I, I believe that I was supposed to study science and I was supposed to, you know, either be a doctor or engineer. And, and that's just how my life would be. I would, I would turn 25 there would be a husband there would be like kids before I'm 30 these kind of things but somehow it just didn't sit right with me and as a teenager I remember like feeling really frustrated that this was what my life is going to be um 
studying what I was studying and even in university I remember always like thinking like I want something different this is what this is not what I want my life to be and I remember like long back even like the in the beginning of my university and everything I used to be pretty I was to be quite a pushover like I would and quite a people pleaser so I would I would do anything just to like keep people happy around me and like think good things about me so I would not pick up pick fights I would not say things back I would I wouldn't do things just for myself but as I grew older and and uh, you know stopped worrying so much about what other people think because as you grow older I think you start realizing that everybody is in their own shit and everybody's worried about their own securities and they don't really give a shit about you as much as you think they do and as, as I started realizing that I I started taking steps and started doing things for myself uh, also like I guess in general like having financial security by yourself as well helps in making these decisions so during my PhD I mean I had a salary and I had the money so I could make decisions for myself and so that's when I bought my camera bought my editing equipment and all of that I just started doing things by myself just because I could now and I really started taking steps towards myself like even this change from uh, science to content creation it was a huge step and I took it it was a big move and for and I couldn't imagine like ever doing that back when I was I was much younger like when I was in let's say early adulthood 18 19 it was something I, I would dream of you know I wanted to be on camera I wanted to do things like this but I knew I would I, I believed I would never do that in my life that I, I was, was never capable of doing that but now when I do it feels right uh what what originally want made you want to be in front of a camera you know to do anything like did you want to be a Bollywood actress like what what did you aspire to that's a good question it kept changing I think when I was much younger I you I wanted to be an actress uh or something like that but I think as I grew older maybe it was more about dancing or like being in in um being on tv because that's that was what was the thing back then or being I I wished I had like a beautiful voice so I could be a singer. I don't have a beautiful voice, so I cannot sing, but I wish like I could. Or, or um, And then as I grew slightly older, being a YouTuber, that was one of my, I mean, I used to dream about being a YouTuber. And I, but I, if someone would talk about that as a career option, I'm like, oh, being a YouTuber, that's not, that's not a career, you know? Uh, uh, I used to look, I mean, I would say I used to look down upon it, but actually I did not. I, 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 I dreamed about being a YouTuber too. <laughs> and I would act out like speaking in front of the camera and all of those things that never worked out. <laughs> and yet, yeah, you have like half a million followers at least on your YouTube channel, which is amazing. <laughs> so you are living the dream. Um, I and I totally like relate to all of that because um, when I was younger too, I was fascinated with media. Um, but when I was younger, there was no such thing as internet. Uh, so it was actual TV and stuff. So even like me and my younger brother, I'd make him like get in front of our video camera and we'd make music videos together. Cause this was what, when MTV was invented and it was all music videos. So I had the same type of dream as you of like, that'd be so cool. So that's why when I was able to do things in front of a camera, um, it was like, whoa, I am actually like living the dream. What is happening oh, here? Yes. So that is awesome. Do you ever see yourself going back to science and you, you're a researcher? Mm -hmm. do, you, um, do you see yourself doing that in the future? 
I mean, if I have to, I have that option. If, I don't know, internet is dead, like, in a few years or something like that. I don't know. If the internet crashes and all, all the social media platforms just die out, I have that option for me. But uh, right now, I don't see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep growing my business. And I want to grow it to a point where I'm not dependent on social media so much. And that I can, if social media does die out, I have a fl- like a flourishing business outside of social media. So that's that's the, that's the end goal. Um, so that's what I'm going to be working towards. But I don't see myself going back to research. It's just research is not, it's not for me. Uh, it's just working on one tiny little topic for all your life. I, it doesn't appeal to me. I've tried it. It didn't, it was not fun for me. There's a restaurant here in America. Um, it was just voted for best hospitality by James Beard um, called Karate. But the owner, um, it's husband and wife owner, uh, Katie Button is the chef. But same thing, she's American, but she ended up in Europe for her master's. And then she finished that, but her stress relief was cooking. Then she was going to do her PhD and she started working in restaurants. And she's like, what am I doing in research? I don't I don't like this PhD work. And so she like just quit it all and started to stage at restaurants and met her husband. And now she has this award-winning restaurant and she's on Magnolia workshops and TV series. So she's one of those, like, I think you're following her footsteps. So I don't know, maybe That's you'll end awesome. up marrying a French guy and opening this vegan Indian French restaurant. Like, wow. and you don't have to, would be don't so have to marry good. the guy though, but like the, the idea, have you seen 100 Foot Journey, that movie? Um, which oh. one is it? Is it, it, is is it what, the Indian guy who goes and starts his, uh, I mean, no, he becomes a chef. He wants to become a chef. That, he, his family starts an Indian restaurant in France. But yes. there was a Michelin restaurant across the street. Right, and right, then, right, right. Yeah. I have, I have. Oh, that's a beautiful That could one. be your life too. Yeah. I'll put, yeah, I'll put that know. in the link to the, the, for that movie. And then I'm going to put the movie you recommended that you saw um, with the animal mm-hmm. uh, treatment. Um, but yeah, so that's an exciting life to think, you know, it could go that trajectory. So it's, you know, I, I wonder if you could share for people who don't understand this, like, what are you talking about? You invested so much in your education for this specific field. Like, what would you say to somebody who's doing something that they feel like they're supposed to do, but they just don't like it, but they're already invested, right? They've done so much. What Mm -hmm. would you say to people like that? It's very complicated. Um, And, you know, so, having half a million followers on YouTube is not, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds all nice and rosy, but it also comes with like a lot of hate and negativity because on YouTube, people are just like, you know, they're very blunt. And especially like to India, a lot of Indians, they just don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. They're like, oh my God, you just basically took a PhD position of someone else who could have taken it who actually would was interested in doing it you did that and you know you're on youtube making videos about who knows what and uh, so people don't get it (laughs) and um, so the point is that it is complicated like like you talked about the the chef who is now at a restaurant she quit her phd um she had that option for me it was never an option like so if you are doing something that you are not happy with one of the things that you can do, especially if you're doing like a degree or something like that, and if you're really scared of of what would happen if you quit, don't quit, finish it. I finished my PhD. I did it. I, okay, if I may say so, I did quite well. And uh, it, was, it all went quite really well. I Everyone was very happy with the PhD defense and my, my supervisor. I mean, we're still in contact. 
we're still really good friends. We meet up for dinners and everything. So it was an amazing experience. I have great friends friends from there. So finish what you're doing uh, and then start. Like you don't need to, don't feel this pressure to like quit if that is something that scares the hell out of you or you feel that everyone's going to, I don't know, say things to you like your parents would be disappointed or whatever. Like for me, it was very important to finish the PhD and then start doing this. And if you feel unhappy in what you're doing, uh, try things, try things, try different things uh, to really figure out what you want. And it's never too late. I don't believe it's ever too late to start something different. Uh, a lot of people feel, oh, shit, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. I don't know. There's just people who've changed their fields in their 50s, even 60s. I've seen like, it's fine. I mean, because you get one life. And if you never do it, you're just going to think, oh, what if had I, you know, you don't want to live with regrets. So keep exploring your uh, interests and keep trying out different things. That is what I would say to young people as well, if they're listening, like keep exploring different fields, different things, try out new things, go out, take risks. Yeah, I 100% agree. And if you're an old person like me, same thing. Like I've done so many different things in my life and I can't imagine just doing one thing um, forever. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's also a woman thing too. I feel like women are, we're just so gifted. <laughs> like we have so many <laughs> talents so awesome. and so many aspects to us, right? That, you know, we can be a, we can give birth, we can raise children, we can be caretakers, we can create, we like, we can do so many things that um, there are very few women I know that just do one thing their entire life. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe any men listening out there can like give us their two cents, but I, I think that <laughs> might be part of the magic. <laughs> yeah, um, I think women are just, uh, they are multi, multi-talented. I feel like my mom does so many different things. She's, she dances, she does MC work, like uh, she's a teacher and, and she's so active. She's so social, like she's very much. Whereas my like dad is is very like he has one interest and he does that over and over again. So I think I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's the society that makes us think that way, but I don't mm. know. Women in general, they're multi-talented and they can do multiple tasks at the same time. I agree. I agree. You talked a little you touched a little bit, kind of like spirituality of like um motivation. Is there anything that informs like the way you see the world or the the way you make choices um related to any of your belief systems? Okay. Uh, I am, I, I don't, I mean, um, I don't know how to say this without sign, sounding offensive to someone who is listening, but I'm not a believer and neither do I follow any religion or anything. I mean, technically I am Hindu, but I don't feel religious at all. I was not brought up super religious either. So I don't connect to anything like that. I just feel I just feel my life is really fulfilled and happy without faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally fine. I, just because there are different people I've noticed um, that I've been following that like some people are manifesting things and some people mm-hmm. are, you know, like all different things. So uh, there are very few people I know that follow a rigid, organized religious system like even for me like I'm Christian but it's not because 
I feel like I have to do things this exact way that this specific church tells me I have to do. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, and especially in our state of Kerala, there's uh, people of all religions there. That's one of my favorite things about Kerala is oh, yeah. uh, like I even my parents would talk about when they were growing up, they would go to their Muslim friends like Eid and then they would go to their Hindu friends Puja and then they would have their friends over for Easter. And there was just so much like, let's learn from each other and be like community mm -hmm. um, versus, oh, you're wrong because you believe that. So mm -hmm. Yeah, yay Malayalis. <laughs> I swear that's one of the one of the amazing things about Kerala. I feel oh, there are so there are all these different religions. They live in so much peace and harmony. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, I still feel like in a lot of different parts of the world, also within India, there's just so many things that happen because of religion. So many things that I don't that I feel really sad that it happens because of religion. You know, things like okay, heavy topics, but like you know. Uh, honor killings and like communal riots and these kind of things it just saddens me so much which yeah. is why at the same time I do see things that religion did bring like you know things about our culture like different festivals food and and just you know people coming together for occasions uh I, I really like that so I mean there's pros and cons to both so I'm, I'm always like I'm jumping between the two like am I for or against <laughs> yeah, so, yeah no totally <laughs> tell me something that is stereotypical of like your Indian background heritage that is actually true. Okay, that's a good one. So it's going to be, it's going to differ from Indians born and brought up outside of India as compared to what I feel is stereotypical of Indians who are born and brought up within India. So that's like the, the regular things, right? Things like, oh, you have to be, have to take up science. You know, parents are strict about either you, either a doctor or engineer, these kind of things. And also like dating is taboo. All of that is true. <laughs> uh, I mean, I once got, so recently, okay, I'm jumping out of uh, topic, but I recently got a comment from one of my followers asking, and this just shows what, how Indians think. She asked me, are you a medical student or a non-medical student? So you, you're either one, you're either... <laughs> medical or you're non-medical there are two kinds of people the in the world and those you're are the medical. only two exactly so I was like wow <laughs> so Indian but uh one of the things that is quite stereotypical and it's true is cows on the street I don't know if this is what you intended with the question but it's something that people thought like for example when the first time I went back to you know, to India for a mini vacation after I came to France uh, I was on the street and I never thought of this before, but I was driving and I saw a cow on the street and I was on, on the, in the middle of the road. And I was like, I'm going to take a picture and send it to my French friends. And they were like, wow, we really thought that this was a stereotype. It's not, and that it's not actually true. And I'm like, no, it is true. There are traffic jams because of cows on the street. It's normal, especially in the north of India. So yeah, that's, I remember I seeing that too. And my kids yeah. were tiny when they saw it. And I was like, wow, like, it's just, it's just not normal in America to see that. So yeah, when you not do just see America, it, you're like, right? Oh, really? That's true. Okay, very important uh, question. Do you have a curry plant or kariapla? Why or why not? <sighs> I dream of one. I wish I had one. I really, really wish I had one, but I'm just so bad at keeping my plants alive. They all die Aww. within the first five days that I get them. So the only plant that survived until now is a mint plant because it's just so, oh. yeah, eat their, 
they are great. You don't need to give them any sort of attention. They just grow by themselves. So mint plant, great. But the rest of them, I don't know. I've, I've had multiple plants. None of them survived. So yeah. curry plant, I don't want to kill a curry plant. So I just, I get the frozen ones from the, mm. from the Indian market. That's the only thing I have access to, sadly. Is, so there's an Indian market. How big is your city? Oh, it's, well. It's a bigger city. By it's French not Paris. Standards, <laughs> it's not Paris for sure. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm in Paris just because when they hear that I'm in France, they're like, oh, so what's Paris like? I'm like, Paris is not the only city in France. Yeah. Anyway, but you're not in a rural area either. No, 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 no. I'm oh. in one of the bigger cities of France, one of the top big cities of France you could say but then compared to like cities in the u.s or india it's super small mm -hmm. i mean i could get from one place once end of the city to the other end on my bike um just biking in like 20 20 minutes 25 mm. minutes so it's not that 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 large compared to cities and you would think but yeah in french standards it's 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 a big city mm -hmm. so yeah there are like four or five i mean indians are everywhere right so there's like four to five indian uh shops i mean they're not I wouldn't call them market because they're not as large. They're small Indian shops. Yeah. But, you know, I get I get the things that I want from there. So it's fine. That's bigger than us. Like our, uh, our the, well, I live in the middle of nowhere. Okay. You, but you the do. closest city mm -hmm. is an hour away. And there, there are two Indian small markets. Mm -hmm. And you can get most things there but they are Gujarati owned, both of them. So you can't get like real Kerala ingredients there. Yeah, So like that's true. We I are known for uh, like uh, fish curry with puli, the, the red mm, fish puli. curry. Yeah. You can't get that puli. Like I got to go to Amazon to get that puli. Same, same. I don't get that either. You Which get puli is tamarind, by the way, for yeah. if people don't know. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Thai ones here, the Thai variety. Yeah. Mm, um, so, well. If you could go back in time, knowing what you know now, what would you say to 18-year-old Anjali? Oh, so many things. <laughs> First of all, cut your hair. I had such long hair and I would have such headaches. My God, <laughs> my hair is heavy. You know, as Keralites, we all have like a lot of hair. Mm -hmm. My hair was so heavy. It was so long and I didn't, I, yeah, beautiful yeah. hair. Time yeah. for a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I used to be so worried about what people would say to me if I cut my hair and but it gave me such headaches. Anyway, well, um, I would tell her that, uh, I mean, I would say the same thing that I said like uh, some time ago, like take risks, stop mm -hmm. worrying about what other people think about you. Nobody cares as much as you do about yourself. Nobody cares about you as much as they care about themselves. So it's fine. Like do things you want to do is what I would say. Uh, I wanted to do a lot of things. I wanted to to learn more dancing. I wanted to, uh, I don't know, explore more things. I just did not. I just thought my life was going to be a certain way. So I just didn't do it. I didn't take as many risks. Another thing I would say to young Anjali is, um, what's, the name? what's the word for it? Financial education. So my dad, he's very like, he's very like forward thinking. And then he's, so he tried a lot to like get me interested in finances, you know, taxes, investments and all of that. But I just, I, I don't know. I at that time I thought, oh God, this is just so boring. But now I feel I wish I did because I'm starting investments and everything so late in life because I got interested now and I wish I had started earlier so I would have understood mm. this better. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, Un uh, unrelated to the topics we're discussing right now. But yes, I think it's definitely important for young people. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that should be taught in like school. high school. Yes. To Why is it like, not? Uh, I don't know because there's so much to learn. And my dad was really good about teaching me and I watched him growing up and like even credit cards, like why would you pay the monthly minimum and have all of this interest? Like you pay it all off at the beginning. So I knew that. And then I brought that into my husband's family because they're like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do you, (laughs) like you should, you should always pay off your credit card every month. Otherwise don't buy that. You can't afford that. Um, But anyway, lots of things like that. So that was one in our child raising, that was two things that we wanted to make sure our children knew before they left the house is how to cook so they could one, feed themselves, but then also host cool dinner parties. Um, And and all three of them do that. And then two, like how to manage your finances. So you are responsible and Mm -hmm. you understand what you can afford. So Mm -hmm. I think those are two big adulting things everybody needs to know. That is great. You did so well. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, half the things we studied in school, I don't even remember them. And I don't, I don't even think it was relevant as much as I think financial education and even cooking. I should right. teach that in school. Right, right. Um, okay, the other really important question. Chai, mm-hmm. tea, coffee, or other? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Complicated question, even though it should not be. Um, but I'm very passionate about this because as soon as I wake up, I, I want coffee. I need coffee. Mm. Like I feel like coffee has its place. Uh, like with breath, I don't know. Okay. It depends. So for me, like my top beverage of choice is chai. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chai just tastes the best in the world. Chai or chaya in in Malayalam. Yes. Right. And, but when it's like with, when I'm eating something sugary, like sweet, with desserts i prefer coffee over mm-hmm. chai uh, mm-hmm. but if it's like anything savory which is like i mean you know all the meals all sna- all the savory snacks i need chai with it or i want chai with it i mean i would mm-hmm. prefer chai so i would say top beverage of choice chai but i also really enjoy coffee like good quality coffee grains that have like really good flavor notes and aroma mm-hmm. uh, i enjoy that too so i really try to buy like good coffee grains from coffee shops Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm passionate about both. I teach um, chai classes, and people just assume chai is um, everywhere all the time. And I was like, chai wasn't even like a thing in India until World War One or World War Two. But also in Kerala, like our families grew coffee beans in our backyard. So yeah. we, our families, like a lot of them drink coffee all the time because that's what they grew. And yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. Like that's one of the things over the past couple of years I've been learning about our culture. I did not know they grow um, cacao pods, pods in India. So like in Kerala yes. specifically for chocolate. Yeah. So when my yeah. friends is visiting Kerala now, I'm like, check out the chocolate there. Cause I had no idea. It was like such an industry. Exactly. But it's mostly exported. It's not, I mean, India doesn't have a huge market for good quality chocolate and cof- or coffee. So mm-hmm. all of this good quality coffee and chocolate is going outside of India. Of course, that's started now because people are getting more interested and aware of all of this, like good chocolate and coffee comes from, it's also yep. coming from India, which I never knew as well. I realized this after leaving India that there was like good coffee in India, like in Karnataka and Kerala. Uh, these are the two big um, growers of good coffee, good mm-hmm. coffee and uh, chocolate. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm hoping to get to Kerala next year. So I'm like, I need like an agritour of like these places and like taste everything and the spices, all of it. 
I'm getting hungry. Okay, okay. Uh, last question. Tell us about um, any projects you have coming up, things that you want uh, everybody to know. Mm. I want, okay. I don't know if I, I mean, I didn't think about this before, but now I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone. Uh, it's something that I planned uh, for this year is to create. So since I, I already created a beginner's course for cooking, I want to create an advanced course because a lot of people told me because, okay, so a lot of people were interested in the beginner's course, but there were also this, this other group of people, who, I mean, Indians or non-Indians who already know like the basics of Indian cooking, who are good with good at it, but they wanted an advanced course from me. And so that is one of my biggest projects for this year to create an advanced course. And it should be coming by, let's say this summer. I want it to be released by this summer. And I'm really, really excited for it. Creating a course is a Herculean task. It's crazy. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And, I, and I'm and i a crazy person. I do it all by myself. Yeah. So, you know, cameras, mics, lighting, everything. I'm there running between one camera to the other. And then they're cooking and then filming. And it, it takes so long. And then editing and then just the planning procedure and everything. But I am, I love keeping myself busy like this. So that's one of my biggest projects for this year. Create yeah. advance. Indian and vegan cooking course that's amazing yeah it would be really cool to even see down the road like you doing some collaborations with other people and like teaching people on camera yeah. that would be fun yes I mean it's something I think okay I think I just I maybe it's just the, the fact that I'm starting out but it would be super cool to have like you know even chefs like you and well I'm in France so there's like the distance might not be that but there are, I know fresh, uh, like chefs in France as well, or I don't know, other creators, I could invite them to have like a masterclass um, lesson from this creator or this chef, these kind of things. It would be super interesting to have these uh, in the future. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, collaborations, like you said, I'm super excited to do all of that. But at the moment, I'm a bit restricted. But yeah, in the well, future. if you come to America, come on over and let's, cook together because I think that yes, would be fun. nice Kerala upperments to or something like that I don't know I did I do a secret supper club and I did um kappa mm. mean curry and mm. it was so cool because it was people from this area who mm. had never had they barely had Indian food and then you know yeah. in, I don't know if you know but in America most Indian food is Punjabi food so non tandoori chicken not just America all but here never Kerala food and so they're yeah. eating this kappa which is a tapioca mash and mm -hmm. mean curry is our red fish curry with tamarind. Mm -hmm. uh, and I make them eat with their hands. And they're like, yeah. this is blowing my mind. I'm like, oh my word, this is like what I was forced to eat. <laughs> so it's so cool to see how people are learning and wanting to grow in their like appetite and palate. Oh yeah, so. for sure. That's really interesting. I'm sure for them, it must be like, wow, we thought it's just butter chicken and naan. But wow, there's like everything else. That's Indian food as well. That's that's yeah. not butter chicken and naan. <laughs> and I don't know if you heard the first Michelin Indian restaurant this year. Sorry, the only restaurant in New York City that has a Michelin star that is Indian is called Sema, and the head chef there is Tamil. But the big yeah. thing that's popular there is uh, gunpowder dosha. And Whoa. I was like, oh, what? Like my dad makes every Saturday morning is like winning a Michelin star. <laughs> 
So okay, I was expecting something a bit more fancier than gunpowder worship, but okay. He, he does do fancier things it. than that, oh, but okay. like that that is one because he he folds it in a triangle, so it's actually oh. like cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. all to say, like our food is like getting out there, at least in the West I'm up here. So, yeah. but yeah, if you come to America, I definitely want to cook with you. Um, yeah, that. anything else that you'd like to share with your listeners? Oh, you put me in the spot there. Oh, sorry, um, sorry. Eat good food, people. <laughs> Agreed. I actually have a rule. If it doesn't taste good, don't bother eating. Mm-hmm. Because there's too much food in the world and I, you can't eat all the food in the world. So just eat the really good stuff. Oh my God, that's one of my things. I, I feel, I, I always feel like I'm missing other, I have this FOMO of like not being able to taste all the good food in the world. Uh-huh. <sighs> so which is why like I, if, if I can't go to like a, a different, if I can't taste cuisine that, you know, doesn't, they don't have a restaurant here in France, like I would try to learn it and I would try to make it by myself because I, I want to taste them all. I want to do it all. I, life is so short. Yes, yes. Even so- Indian food, there's just so much. From all over, From yeah. All over the country, it just yeah. you don't just don't have enough time. Yes. Okay. Agreed. That's Agreed. Thank you, Anjali, for joining me. This has been so fun. Um, yes, I hope that we will see the advanced course soon. I will have all the links that of uh, the things we talked about um, on our webpage. So everybody, so I'm glad much. that you got to join us, and yeah, we hope that you, this was inspiring for you that you would take chances to be bold, get out of your comfort zone and live life to the fullest. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Being Brown and Bold podcast. I am your host, Jess Thomas, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. If you've heard me before, you know that I live in the South in the United States, and it's always so fun to connect with other people from different cultural backgrounds who are also having some connection to the South. Well, that's what happened with my next guest. Eliza Keaton is an education professional who has worked across the U.S., the UAE, South Korea, and Vietnam since 2009. She is fond of languages and culture, particularly after her father married her Serbian stepmother and then was introduced to the melting pot of Chicago on family holidays. After meeting her Malayali husband in 2017, she began studying Malayalam and used her language training to make study materials to fill in the gap of accessible resources to learn this language spoken by brown people. She currently works as a teacher, trainer, and educational consultant in Hanoi, Vietnam. In her free time, she advocates for mother tongue education and equality in the realm of English language training. I know her as Ellie Kuti, and that's how I met her online originally. And now it's been so fun to connect in so many ways. So here's Ellie Kuti.